The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the topic of how to discern the will of God in our lives. Certainly, there are many things in Scripture that are clear, doctrinally and morally. There are some things we don't have to wonder about. There's no need to pray about whether we should rob a bank or commit adultery. The Lord's clear about that. But in other matters of daily life, there's a lot of decisions that aren't spelled out in Scripture. Thankfully, there are guiding principles in God's Word that will help us in these daily choices. Join us today as we conclude this message about discerning the will of God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
also, as we seek God's will, we need to listen to godly counselors. Listen to godly counselors. Two times in Proverbs, we read this phrase, In the multitude of counselors there is safety. In Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14, it says this, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In Proverbs 24 and verse 6, it says this, For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Also over in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22, he says this, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. Well, this sounds kind of like to me that there might, there might be something important about counselors. <laughs> Counsel just means guidance and good advice. That's what it's talking about. Now, it goes without saying, child of God, that these are godly counselors that are under consideration, not just the counselors of the world. It's not dear Abby, okay? It's dear God. The Lord is, is what the, the, the counselors of this world that you need to listen to are those that are listening to God. You see, how do you, you, say, how do you tell godly counselors from others? Well, godly counselors should give godly advice. They should give godly counsel. You know someone is a godly counselor when he or she is giving you advice that comes from the Word of God. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, not a degree from the University of Alabama, not a college, high school diploma, but the fear of the Lord. Some of the most godly men, some of the men that I listen to, it would, if they were still living, I would listen to, to this day over any university professor I know, were men who did not graduate high school. But they had godly counsel because they feared the Lord you see the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction you know when you see someone who may have a PhD behind his name but yet he despises the word of God you know what the Bible tells us about that he is a fool the fool has said in his heart there is no God Proverbs 9 and verse 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom so you want wisdom then you need to start out by fearing the Lord. And that means putting the Lord first in your life. You know, you say, well, I, I, I love the Lord and he's a good friend. And, he's, you know, his, his house is a good place to stop in every once in a while and visit. But, but I got a lot of other interests out there. A lot more things that are more important out here. Let me just say this, child of God. Anything you put ahead of God in your life is an idol. And that means that if it keeps you from the house of God, if it keeps you from doing God's will, if you read his word and say, well, I know what the Bible said there about being angry with someone, but yet I'm still going to react in anger. I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter. Then you put that ahead of God. You see, whatever it is you do that goes against the will of God, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. That goes back to knowing what the word of God says uh, over in Psalm 111, I can't remember the verse there, but it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. You see, you see, the fear of the Lord is where it starts. And if, the, if the, your counselor's advice does not match up with the Word of God, it's nothing but worldly drivel. It's nothing but 
something you ought to discard. Godly counselors should give godly counsel. But also, godly counselors, the ones that you gather around you, should be spiritually mature counselors. You remember Rehoboam over there? Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. And he would have been the king of the, of the United Kingdom of Israel. But instead of listening to his older, wiser men who were counseling him to lighten the tax burden that Solomon had put upon the people, he instead went to his buddies. He went to his peer group, the young men, those that he'd come up with, those that he'd run around with all of his life. You know, let me just stop here and say, you know one reason we all meet together here? And we all fellowship together and we don't divide the young folks out over here and the singles out over there and the married couples over here is because we benefit from all being together. We don't have a model of that in the scripture. We don't have a model of that in the scripture where they divide out by age or by marital status and all that because you need to benefit from the wisdom. Uh, Brother Mackey and, and Sister Lorraine are the oldest two in this church, but the youngest person here, I want Cal and others to benefit from their wisdom by being around them because you know what? I've learned a lot since I was 18. <laughs> and even more than that, my mom and daddy learned a lot since I was 18. I thought they didn't know much. But it's amazing between age 18 and age 30 how much they learned. <laughs> Turns out they knew it all along. I just didn't know. I just didn't recognize it, you see. See, my point is that, you know, there's a lot of friends I had coming up that would have given me some advice, but it wouldn't have been godly advice because they weren't spiritually mature counselors. So Rehoboam forsook the counsel of the old men, and instead consulted with the young men, and guess what happened? The kingdom was forever divided. The ten northern tribes established the nation of Israel. The two southern tribes established the nation of Judah. You see, godly counselors should be spiritually mature. But now, let me just also caution you this way. Simply being old or older doesn't mean that you're necessarily wiser. Uh, my mama, my grandmother, and then mama has continued to share this with me, an old saying that there's no fool like an old fool. <laughs> you know, I've seen that. We've seen that happen in our political realms over the years and various other places. In Proverbs 16 and verse 31, the, we read that the hoary head, that's the gray hair, the hoary head is a crown of glory if... If it be found in the way of righteousness. Now you can be old and gray headed all you want. But if you're unrighteous, you're just foolish. But if you're older and have matured spiritually, you see, then that's a crown of glory. If you're found in the way of righteousness. And what that simply means is you can see the fruit of the spirit in their lives. The counselors you should seek are those who demonstrate the fruits of the spirit. Turn with me over to Galatians chapter 5. And we'll see what, you'll see what I'm talking about here. In Galatians chapter 5, uh, in verse 19, now listen to this. Now, now think about this when you're seeking out a, a counselor in this life. And evaluate them according to this. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Now, I'm not going to go through and define all those, but you can look them up. You can do a word study if you don't understand what each one of those means. But just basically understand this. It's talking about people who are engaged in the worldliness of this world. And they are enticed by the worldliness of this world. I, I realize that we as human beings, we t- as natural men and women, we tend to glorify those rough, tough worldly folks out there. We tend to gravitate towards them, but that is not the kind of person that you need to be looking at. I hesitate to use this example because it's a very ungodly focused movie, but some of you may recall the movie Talladega Nights. Uh, Ricky Bobby, Will Ferrell played played a NASCAR driver. And he had a daddy who left, left him when he was just a kid. And the last thing his daddy told him was, son, if you're not first, you're last. And this character in this movie built his whole life on that philosophy. If you're not first, you're last. Never would, never was after anything but winning. Always, all of his life. Well, finally, years later, his daddy came back into his life. And uh, began to chastise him about some things. And he said, but daddy, you told me before you left, if you're not first, you're last. He said, son, I was drunk when I told you that. I, 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 if there's second place. There's third place. There's all kinds of. But this man had built his entire life upon that ungodly counsel of that ungodly man. He should have looked and seen the man who abandoned the family, the man who, who was uh, out there doing worldly things and engaged in all kinds of worldliness. That's not who you listen to, you see. My point is, is that godly counselors that you seek should be spiritually mature counselors. Look for these fruits. They that are, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now that's the kind of counselors you can listen to. The one who exhibits love and joy and peace and long-suffering, who's gentle, good, he's got faith, he's meek, he's, he's got self-control. That's the kind of people you seek out to be your counselors, you see. Godly counselors should be mature spiritually. And let me just say this while we're on that subject. Only godly counselors should be in your circle of influence. Don't let an ungodly influence into your circle of influence. And I'm talking specifically to you young folks today who are surrounded by ungodly influences. You know, in college, I never dreamed my children would face what they're facing today. The rampant uh, homosexual agenda, the rampant pushing of the transgender and other kinds of ways of thinking, the rampant ungodliness pushing you to ignore parents and ignore godly counsel. You know, several of my kids have asked me before, how do you deal with somebody like that? How do you deal with someone who comes, who, who, who you're, you work with or you go to school with who is uh, engaged in a lifestyle that's contrary to the Word of God? Well, you don't declare war on them and you don't go attack them. But what you, and you, you be nice to them. You show them love, joy, peace, gentleness. You show them the fruits of the Spirit. But here's what you don't do. You don't let that person into your circle of influence. You don't, you don't curse them out. You don't, you don't 
shun them from the standpoint of if you've got to work with them, you've got to work with them. I get that in the day that we live in. But you do not let them into your circle of influence because they will not give you godly counsel because their, count, their lives are not built upon the Word of God. So, examples. Children, parents. Parents should be in your circle of influence. For preachers, my fathers in the ministry and others of the children of God should be in my circle of influence. For every one of us, the church ought to be the primary circle of influence that we have. The people that we are part of the family of God with, that ought to be the ones that influence us and not those out there in the world. You know, it's always best if your best friends are part of the church. I've got best friends as well that are not all part of the church. But I'm telling you, beloved, when you have a circle of friends and a circle of influence that includes the kingdom of God, isn't that glorious? Isn't that a great circle of influence to have? So finally, as we bring this to a close, in seeking God's will, not only do we study His Word and pray to God, and listen to God the counselors, but we need to practice God's commandments. Practice His commandments. Put them into practice. Proverbs 16 and verse 3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Now think about that for a moment. You're, look, you're trying to figure out which career to choose. You're trying to figure out what major to, 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 to take in college. You're trying to figure out who to marry. You're trying to seek God's will in your daily walk where it's not spelled out in the Word of God. But you know what the Bible says? If you'll commit your works to God, in other words, if you'll do right, if you'll commit to live godly in this ungodly, sin-cursed world, then he said eventually your thoughts will be established. You know what that tells me? That if I do right, if I follow God's will, He'll lead me and He'll eventually show me. I'll figure it out. My thoughts will come around, you see. You see, God, and God is going to lead His children. And, and, and now listen to this, child of God. This is important. This is so important. God requires you to follow Him. So that makes sense, right? Well, now, this is my point, though. His leading is personal, child of God. And this is, this is what, he, what I'm trying to say this morning. He doesn't require you to convince everybody else. He doesn't require you to wait till everybody else is convinced. He just requires you to follow him even if you're the only one following him. His leading is personal to you. Think about, think about Psalm 23. Think, let's turn over there just for a second. Look at Psalm 23. That's a very familiar psalm. Everybody can, most people here can probably quote it. But I want to read it this morning with the emphasis on the my's and the eyes in here. Listen to this. We read it, we quote it, but think about it with me as we read it together here this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Okay. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. See, his leading is personal, child of God. He leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest a table before me 
in the presence of mine enemies. The enemies of the world may be out there, but God has a table just for you, child of God. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about that. His leading is personal to you. That means that it doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what your boyfriend says or your girlfriend says or your wife or your husband says. The Lord is leading you, child of God. The example that I can use from my own personal experience is when, when I joined this church here. Uh, I was the third member, you know, first Sunday night in October of 2011. And, and at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't sure where the Lord wanted me to go. I was seeking His guidance, and I kept, I kept saying, Lord, if it's Your will for me to be here, then, then show my wife and family that that's where I'm supposed to be. Well, guess what? Dear sweet Sister Sherry didn't see it. And I'm not saying that sarcastic. I say that, bless her sweet heart. She did not see it. She didn't feel it. And I kept bugging her about it. I kept, well, don't you feel it? Don't you feel it? No, I just, I don't. I don't. I don't feel it. I don't feel the leading here. Okay? I kept, well, Lord, if it's your will. You know, you know what I was doing? I was seeking signs. I'd already, I got a whole story about that I could tell you. Sometime ask me about it later and I'll share it with you. But I already just had been seeking signs and learned the lesson, I thought, of not seeking signs. And yet... Here I am seeking a sign again, you see. Of course, she finally gave me the best advice that a wife could ever give a husband, uh, a godly wife could ever give a man who's squirming around trying to figure out <laughs> what to do. And she said, look, I don't feel it, but you're the leader. You lead us. And praise God for that advice because it woke me up. And you know what I did? I joined that night. I joined that Sunday night. When she didn't feel it, she, didn't, she still didn't feel it that night. But you know what? Six months later, she did. Six months later, I baptized our whole family here, you see. And not, I don't say that to, to, to lift me up because, man, I, I was, came so close to missing it. And I missed it so many times in my life. But here's my point. God was leading me. He was leading me. Child of God, sometimes he's leading just you. He's always leading you, you see. You have to follow him no matter what else happens. And God does not require you to work it all out. Walking by faith is by definition a very scary thing. Remember Gideon who had about 10,000 men ready to go attack the Philistines or the Midianites over there, I believe it was. And God said, that's too many. What? <laughs> too many? This is a big force. Got them down to 300, you know. That's a scary thing to go into battle with 300 against so many thousands. But yet, that was what God was leading them to do. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were standing there facing the hottest fire that the king had been able to create. So hot that it killed those that were trying to push them into the fire. And yet, not knowing what God would do, but knowing what he could do, they stood there before the king and said, we're not going to bow our knees. Walking by faith. I don't know if any others did that and they burned up. But I know this, that God didn't require them to work it out. At the banks of the Red Sea, God didn't require Moses to convene a war council and try to figure out what the next step was. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will deliver this day. I don't know if Moses knew what was going to happen. I kind of think he didn't, at least not to the, right before it happened. 
Who would have ever thought that the Red Sea would part and the dry ground would appear? <laughs> but God does that. He doesn't require us to work it all out. He just requires us to take that step. Remember what it said back in our, back in our uh, text there? It says, uh, it says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, verse 6, and he shall direct thy paths. The word direct means to make straight or to make even. Figuratively, it means to prosper or to make level. And what the idea here is, is of a crooked path, like you would see maybe up in the mountains, those cutbacks, you go this way and that way and this way and that way and all these crooked roads that you see. But the idea is that God has taken a bulldozer and has bulldozed the way out and made that path straight. Something you could never do. I could never have planned and carried out the plan to have a building like this in a paid parking lot 11 years ago when I joined this church. I had no idea. I was scared to death. <laughs> I joined and, you know, I was, I was, what have I done? Here I am, <laughs> the third member of a three-member church. And yet God has bulldozed the way for us here. And he will do that in your life. And something else that I've said before, you don't have to see the entire path, child of God, just the next step on that path. When, when it gets dark and I'm in Montgomery and I'm coming home to 371 McCool Road, I don't need my headlights to shine all the way from Montgomery to my garage. I just need the headlights to illuminate the next little part of the road ahead of me. And that's what walking by faith is all about. Remember, child of God, the Holy Spirit leads you and I. He guides us. And let me just leave you this morning with one of the most important things that I was ever told in, when I was in the midst of seeking God's will one time. Many, many years ago, Brother Spann and I were talking and I was sharing with him some of my struggles and some of the things that uh, I, I wasn't sure about in my life and, and which direction to go. And he looked at me and he said, let me, let me just give you some advice. He said, you seek the peace and you'll find God's will. In James chapter 3, he begins in verses 12 and 13 and 14 talking about all the things that are not godly wisdom. Bitter envying, strife, uh, sensual, devilish envying and strife and confusion. Envying and strife and confusion, that's not God's leading in your life. But notice in verse 17 of James 3. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. You see, what the leading of God is, is not the signs and the wonders. It's not, it's not lightning and smoke and mirrors. It's gentle, peaceful leading based upon the Word of God. Never contrary to the Word. Always consistent with the Word. But ultimately pointing you to the peace that passeth all understanding. There's been so many times, especially in the last 10 or 15 years of my life, where I could feel the, the Lord's peace if I went a certain direction, whereas it looked like I ought to go the other direction. The circumstances dictated a totally opposite, 180-degree difference path. And yet, by seeking His peace, 
By following that peace, I was able to find God's will for my life. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. I know there's many decisions that don't have a direct exact answer in the Word of God, but I believe if we'll follow these principles, these guiding thoughts from the Word of God, that we will be able to find God's will in our daily walk. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.